Kia and welcome to Jewels from NZ. But this is not your average Aotearoa or Glitter episodes, oh no. This is August, and as we know, the month of August is for RPG. So welcome back to the RPG A Day, Fader Bison Takeover episode. Hey, welcome back. It is day 17 and the word is trap. And I want to talk to you about a couple of things about Aizen that trap brings to mind. One of them I've already kind of talked about a little bit with the fact that Jim, the gem, um, is essentially trapped. Jim isn't actually a gem. Jim isn't actually Jim. Um, Jim is just who he's called when he's stuck on the sword of knowledge that we end up carrying around with us that is really annoying and sarcastic and just doesn't really know a lot, which makes sense when you think about it in the grand scheme because he's cut off from being a god, so he's probably not able to know a lot. And technically speaking, Jim the Gem isn't actually the god. So Hated exists, he's just cut off from communication from the world. This gem, his god heart, enables the communication back to the world so it's not actually the god so much as like maybe a piece of him but he is sentient in his own way so jim the gem we find just is stuck on a sword at the base of a pit which a necromancer set which has a zombie wandering around in it so basically the sword is just underneath a zombie and he's talking to us all muffled and we're like, what the hell is down there talking to us? And we can see this zombie and we're very confused as to why a zombie is talking to us being like, get me out of here. Because as you all know, zombies can't speak. <laughs> so it was it was just it was just very confusing and stuff. And that but that's how we discovered the sword. And we found out later when the sword decided to share with us that Jareth the Necromancer, which if you've listened to me actually do the um Hallowed Festival of Frights one shot will be a name that you do recognize. Jareth the Necromancer threw him away through sheer annoyance with his attitude. Yep, he threw a perfectly good sword down into a zombie pit because he just got sick of his shit. <laughs> um, that's that's how we find Jim the Gem, who ends up being the god heart of the god of knowledge. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty pretty crazy. And that... That's one of the first things I think about when I think about trapped, you know, like we set him free by restoring the gem to the rightful place and restoring Hades' connection to the world in doing so. The second thing I want to talk about is kind of a big spoiler for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast. It's to do with one of the other players, the other PCs. Um, so one of our PCs, left the podcast quite recently like in the grand scheme of things considering we've been going for three years or whatever he left a few months ago um he left because his job is awesome and he's doing really well and he just doesn't have the time to commit to our silly little podcast anymore which is sad we were gutted to see him go because he's just a really funny guy and he added a lot to the podcast and he'd been there from the start with me so it was like losing this original player and it was really sad so he chose how he wanted to go out 
um it was after the fight with Gilif as a dragon so we so we won against the dragon um which was an epic 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 fight it was awesome and he did amazing things just like slamming into um this dragon and raging and going crazy you know as only a barbarian can um and then he just kind of disappeared so as far as Marley and Arcus know he's just not on Aizen anymore and they've talked to hate it and hate it doesn't know where he is which means he's not like hanging out with the gods or something in heaven or in hell or whatever he's in a weird kind of like other dimension that we can't find him in right so that's as far as Marley knows now what I try not to metagame obviously because we do actually know what happened because we get to see the scene happen is that Banfor got zapped up to uh, Crover, the god of power, the one who's trying to destroy the entire of Aizen by making the surge explode the world instead of being controlled by the wielders. So he got zapped up to Crover, and Crover gave him a choice and was basically like, you can die now, here and now, you can just die and not exist anymore, or... You can be my little puppet, my little, you know, warrior slave kind of guy, and you could go down there, back there, and kill Malianakis. You know, just that. Just kill the people that you've been hanging out with. No pressure, no big. I mean, Marley's kind of annoying to you anyway, right? So, you know, what's what's the problem here, right? And so Banfor, being being for and played by Oliver Scripps, who is an amazing um, RPGer, even though he he only started with this podcast and had no concept of how to play D&D before he started this podcast, which was amazing. Um, he, he goes, can I think about it for a minute? <laughs> and he crossed his legs and he sat down. So as far as we know, Bamfor is still sitting in front of the God of Power thinking about which one of those things he likes. Basically trapped in a position of indecision because that's the only way he stays alive or not kills his friends. Which is a great way to end it, right? Like such a dramatic kind of cliffhanging way because it means it leaves it open for him to join the podcast again and like come and try and kill me. I mean, honestly, I think our fans that we call the Fadies would love to see that fight. I don't even know if I'd win it. I mean, I like to think I'd win it. You know, I'd like to say right here and now that, oh, yeah, of course, I'm like totally sure I'd win that. Like Bard Ranger versus Barbarian. Are you killing me? I got like control spells up my wazoo. All I need to do is drop some wisdom saves on him and he'll be like my little puppet, which is actually maybe true. But wisdom saves can be saved against. And there's not really much saving against an axe, (laughs) you know? Like, he's going to hit me pretty much most of the time. There's only so many HP I have. So, yeah, it'd be an interesting fight. Yeah, one one I think, yeah, the fans would like to see. Anyway, I'm getting way off topic. That is trapped for today and now I had a bunch of call-ins kind of building up and so I wanted to share them all with you which is going to make this episode really long but um, I love call-ins and I love the fact that you guys take the time out of your day to call into my wee show 
and uh, give me feedback, give me comments, give me love. Um, I love that. So uh, first up, we have Carl from The Geomologist talking about trust. Take it away, Carl. Hey, Jules. Cool story about the state of Eisen and the breaking of trust. I think a GM only gets one of those betrayals in a campaign because after that, players become more paranoid than they normally do and don't trust anyone or would rather just kill someone instead of take prisoners. It's very interesting how that one event and betrayal changes the theme, tone actually, tone is probably a better word, of the campaign. So like you said, before you were fun-loving and free, especially with information, and then everything, and then after that, everything became more reserved. So interesting stuff. Look forward to hearing more. 20 more days. You're so right, Carl. You only get one. And then the game has changed forever. We will hear more from Carl soon, but what we're going to switch to now is comments about... Um, the characters that you play in the same world game. We're going to hear from Jace and some more from Carl. So take it away, fellas. Hey, Jules, Jason here. Hang in there. Um, as far as your think episode, playing multiple players that have different knowledge and being able to separate the knowledge one, pl- one character knows from a, you know your other character knows. Wow, I said that confusingly. If you're playing two PCs and keeping their, their knowledge separately, <laughs> I thank you for including that because I'm getting ready to do a segment, not exactly that, but kind of like that on Troop Play in my podcast. And, and so I appreciate your giving your perspective on that very topic and how difficult it can be, which would be even more difficult in what I'm thinking of a Troop Play as opposed to a lot of times when this happens, You have, like, your main PC, and they have a hireling, so and they're always together. So in that case, it's not that hard because they don't have that much separate knowledge. But, like, what you're talking about is a big deal, and that really goes back to what I'm looking at. So thank you so much for that podcast. Hey, Joel. I'm trying to think where I've had multiple characters in the same campaign world. And really, it's in those West Marches-style campaigns where it doesn't really matter whether you metagame or not, metagaming is part of it, at least in this particular West Marches style game, Kalmata with Jason Hobbs, it's assumed that everyone knows everything and you hear all this talk from different people who go out into the wilderness in the taverns. So, you know, when you play a character, one type of character, say I play my dwarven uh, sort of cleric of Ninkasi, the goddess of beer, I know what my rogue my rogue knows. My rogue, I think my rogue was called Daria. So, you know, it's the same world, but we know the same things because all this information has been collected by all the players. And then my other experience with playing multiple characters in a game world are published worlds, so I've never done it in a homebrew type of situation. So in the published world, I guess you know it's in the player's guide, right, technically. So if you're playing Pathfinder or uh, 
whatever, or D&D, Forgotten Realms, for example, then you know what's there. So, hard to judge. I know it's tricky having multiple characters to run, and that leads into, like, when a player is not there, do you just NPC them and roll dice for them on the virtual tabletop or in person, or are they just there in the background? Um provide comments as necessary if they know something that the others won't know. It's very interesting. And as a GM, I've had players play multiple characters and they don't seem to like it much. One player inevitably is the alpha and the other ends up being a sidekick. So I don't know if that works too well. Um, maybe it works great in like a funnel because you know that you're only going to end up with one that's like for DCC. And funnels are fun and they have their place, but you know, again, one character becomes the main character. So those are that's at the same time. It's a little different than one character played here in this instance and another player character played here in another instance. But I guess in a shared world, and you, everyone knows the meta, then it's like a video game. It's like playing Worlds of Warcraft or Final Fantasy. You know the lore of the world, whether you're playing your main or your alt. I guess that's the vibe that I would feel. Hey, thanks, Jace. Um, And good luck, because playing two characters within a world is really hard. So I wish you luck. Um, If you want to hit me up for any more of my tips, feel free. Um, I'm more than happy to share with you. All I can recommend is good notes and not beating yourself up too much when you remember something accidentally that you shouldn't have. (laughs) Your DM will set you straight. That's what the DM is for. Um, Yeah. And... Uh, Carl, uh, you heard from Carl from the Geomologist again. Um, yeah, I never have to actually play the characters at the same time, which is really lucky. Um, I actually have, within the world of Aizen, there is actually several groups of people that play. I just happen to be in two of the groups. The The group that's the Surge actually started um, Fate of Eisen, and we started that around a table, not recording, just a few comedians having some fun um, away from family and friends and just being giant nerds. And that's kind of how it started. And we actually started in Pathfinder, would you believe? Um, we didn't end up, we didn't actually start Fate of Eisen technically in D&D 5e, which is what we play the podcast in. We started in Pathfinder 1 um, and we were playing that and really enjoying that. Um, We decided to switch to Pathfinder 2 um, when Pathfinder 2 came out, Um, so 2E, and we switched our characters to 2E and we were enjoying that, playing that and stuff, but then when we were talking about making a podcast with a different set of people, Brad and I, my DM and I, were talking about making a podcast, but not with the group that we were playing with and the only reason for not playing with the group that we were playing with which has um carl and um, gerard in it is because they weren't available weekly they had two very busy people with their own lives going on and you know kids and wives and weddings and buying houses and all sorts of stuff and it was just too much to commit to a podcast so we kind of put it out there to other wellington comedians to get involved with us on this podcast thing and so the resistance campaign is actually made up of a couple of different people it's just brad and i are the same in both of them 
So only we know the law of both um, campaigns running simultaneously in the same world but I have other players which does actually make it easier to play my character weirdly in a way because when I sit down with that group of people I remember the interactions that I've had with that group of people and the fun that I've had playing this character with them which helps me settle back into the mindset of that character so I guess it does make it easier So basically my two characters have never met and I've never needed to play them at the same time like or any of that kind of stuff. They've they've never been in the same episode even. While I realize that in one episode there are going to be consequences for my other character, I don't actually do that. You know, like I'm not both characters at that time. So it's kind of easier. Although in saying that, Fate of Eisen is gearing up towards an ending. Both of my characters are headed to the same place, the same time, the same event. One of uh, my characters, Sasha Torchwood, actually is looking after a wielder, which they are the only um, people, to use a bad word, people, um, but they are the only um, uh, people that are available or able to, to control the surge which threatens to blow up Aizen. If there is enough wielders at the surge event, they can hold the power, contain the power, control the power, basically suck the power into themselves instead of it exploding outwards and blowing up most of the world. Think of this as a as a dinosaur uh, extinction event. You know, like that's what we're talking here. Um, but if there are no wielders, that's when everything goes horribly wrong. So Sasha is taking a wielder to the surge. Unbeknownst to Marley, Marley's off on her own thing. She's heard about the surge and she knows that it's happening and she knows who's trying to screw it over. Sasha has no idea that somebody is trying to screw the surge over and wants the world to blow up. She has no idea that that's a thing. Marley knows that. So it's very hard for me to keep those two pieces separate you know Sasha's just like la 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 as long as we get this person to the right place everything's going to be fine Marley's like I don't even know if people are going to be there I don't know if I'm going to be able to stop this god from blowing up the world I don't know if if anything is is happening the way it's happening I'm just trying to do my best to get there and protect people basically so it's like a whole it's a weird kind of dynamic but they are going to obviously end up at the same event, which means I am going to end up talking to myself, which is going to be weird considering I gave neither of them an accent. So I'm trying to decide if like when they're talking to each other, does one of them sound different when she talks out loud? You know, that thing with like where you hear yourself is different from how you hear yourself when you're recorded and you play it back and you're like, what? I don't sound like that. That's not how I sound. So I was like, maybe I can give one of them an accent because it'll be like Marley is listening to Sasha. And while Sasha thinks she doesn't have an accent, she actually does. And when Marley's listening to Sasha talk, it's like really weird. Um, I was thinking about playing on it like that. Uh, tell me if that's a bad idea. Somebody please tell me if that's a bad idea now. Because that's what I'm planning to do to differentiate them. And unless somebody stops me, that plan's going ahead. So it's it's really on you now. Uh, this is your fault if it goes horribly wrong. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what else was I wanting to talk about? Oh, yeah. And I totally play well. 
uh, World of Warcraft is like my jam. Um, I haven't played it in a while, and my subscription I I cancelled ages ago because D and D has taken over my world, and I haven't been able to just play computer games in a while. But um, I really love the open world that is WoW, and um, one of my tunes is up to like 112. Um, but that's definitely my main, right? Like, and I was thinking about what you were saying about like mains and alts and stuff. And I definitely play my main with all the lore and learning all the stuff. And then I just play my alt just goes around and fills in the gaps of the lore that my main knows is missing. So you're totally right. Like I do that in World of Warcraft, but why is that different? I guess because I play computer games like a completionist, but I play role play like I play role play games for the role play. So that's weird, isn't it? Like I wonder what the difference is. Is it because computer games are just like left, right, arrow key, space bar for jump or whatever and, and it's a little bit more mechanical whereas generally speaking tabletop role player games involve a bit more imagination maybe? I don't know. But I definitely play those as a main and an alt but I try not to play my characters Sasha and Marley as a main and an alt even though Sasha Sasha is definitely the old and Marley is definitely the main, but that's only because of time spent in character. As I said before, Gerard and Craig are very busy people being new dads and houses and weddings and blah, blah, blah. So we just don't play their game as often. So it just doesn't happen. So it's not because we don't want it to happen. We enjoy it. But just purely on time, Sasha would be the alt, I guess. But I don't play her as an alt. She is the hero of her own game. Yeah. Okay, I've talked about this way too long. Anyway, moving on. Who have we got up next? Oh, yeah. We've got Jace and BJ. I like that I've just shortened Jason to just Jace. Sup, Jace of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. What's happening, Jace? Um, and BJ from the Arcane Alienist. What do you guys got to say? Take it away. Hey, Jules, Jason here. just want to say I really enjoyed your your supplement episode where you described the adventures you had written and designed. Very, very cool. Very creative. And your players are very lucky. So, and what else to say? Take care. Hey, Jules, it's BJ. I, I think Stargate is the, uh, the what you were looking for. The, uh, so there, was, there was a movie and then there were a couple of different television shows that spun off of that movie um yeah i think that you're looking for great movie by the way ah the movie was kind of mediocre but the tv show was great okay i am totally stealing that uh that that blood portal knife dagger concept for uh for a future game i'm I'm making a note of that that's just too awesome not to not to use once you're aware that it, it exists somewhere in the world great episode all right, so as I said before, that was BJ from Arcane Alienist and Jace from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. So BJ, yes, Stargate, that was the word I was looking for. God, last night I was so tired and I was like, it's got a star in it and it's the big round blue thing with the middle and yes, the TV program was epic. I didn't actually watch the movies first, I watched the TV program with my dad after dinner and it was like the best thing we'd sit down and we'd watch it together with our ice cream and our dessert and stuff if I'd been good or whatever it was such a treat dad and I would talk about the episodes for ages afterwards and it was just the best I love that program rate it and also 
please, please, please steal away. Fate of Eisen is very about sharing our stuff. Very, very, very to the point where I'm going to talk about this in an episode coming up soon, but we have a wiki of our world, which we encourage people to come and visit and encourage people to play games inside. It's not stealing if we're giving it away. So take it, take it, take it um, and have fun with that. All right. It's time for me to get out of here. I have talked for way too long. Good. Bye. Kia ora and thanks for joining me in this Jules from NZ RPG A Day Takeover episode. I hope you're enjoying getting to know the fate of Eisen some more. Tune in tomorrow for our next prompt. Thanks for my gems. James, Jason, Barry, Liren, KP, Ezekiel and Joey. And a big thanks to you for listening. We'll be back to NZ and Glitter episodes in September, but August is for RPG. Inohora ka kite anō. Goodbye and see you again soon. Mwah.